All right, it is a Tuesday, which means Sex Pain, one half of the best morning show in Houston. Uh, Payne and Pendergast, Seth Payne, joins us as he does every Tuesday. You can hear him every day right here on Sports Radio 610, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And listen, I, I, I'm going to start right here. Seth, I, listen, I have been a a um, a Sean Payton guy. I know D'Amico was, I believe, your, your uh, plan A. Sean was my yeah. plan A, and D'Amico was my plan B. Now, yeah. I, I didn't know how serious – of an opportunity the Texans would have at Sean Payton. Are you, are you getting to think that this thing is a little bit more serious than, than maybe you, you thought it would be when you first start hearing his name connected with the Texans? I, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that it's, you know, it's all speculation is the, you know, what a guy is thinking internally. I do think a lot of the objections a lot of people, a lot of the objections people raise to Sean Payton coming to the Texans, I think have a lot more to do with their own personal insecurities. I'm going to tell you why. So if you're somebody who questions whether or not Sean Payton would come here, uh, I'm going to question how much self-confidence you have as an individual. Because uh, if there's one thing you got to understand about Sean Payton, Sean Payton is not going to look at a situation and all of a sudden cower in fear as his genitalia shrink up into his body because yeah. he's afraid of the challenge uh, or that he won't be able to do something with a losing team. So uh, Sean Payton's going to look at a team that has multiple first and second round picks over the next couple of years, uh, loads and loads of cap space, an owner who uh, not only isn't afraid to spend money on players, but isn't afraid to spend money on coaches who no longer work here. And uh, look deep within yourself and ask, why? Why am I more timid than Sean Payton or, or frankly, any of these other candidates? Ask yourself why. That's what I say. Hey, Seth, we, show and I were talking about this before we came on air today, man. And, and we, we've looked at this thing six different ways to Sunday, right? But, but ultimately, there's been a lot of negative about Cal McNair and the people that he is, that he's trusted. Right, mm-hmm. he, He's trusted the wrong people to the wrong degree, ultimately, over the last several years. If you're Sean Payton, we spend a lot of time talking about the negative aspect of that. If you're Sean Payton, I'm going in there and I'm begging, hey, Cal, trust me the way you trusted them cats, and I, and I promise you I'll put you in the right spot. Well, you know, there's uh, yeah, there's an element of truth to that, and I think, you know, to the, you don't want to necessarily frame it as some kind of opportunistic thing, but I do think that it was Jack Easterby, and this is where I, I always try to be as balanced as I can when talking about guys who I – overall dislike um most people still have some redeeming qualities and most coaches or executives have done some good things as well as bad i think with easterby one of the positive things that he did was a lot of these sub programs you know that they would gush about the the diet the uh, the, the food and nutrition the weight room some of the kind of off field skills development type of things uh Easterby asked for a lot of budget for those things, and Cal granted it every step along the way. If it was something that they felt, and and Cal has said this publicly, if it's something that the coaches or the staff think is going to make the team better, he's not going to say no. And and I think that's that's actually different. You know, you've seen that, Clint. Uh, A a lot of owners 
it's amazing they'll spend $200 million on salaries, but they'll balk at spending an extra $50,000 on the cafeteria. It's, it's a weird quirk of billionaires. I don't get it, but it, it's, it's a dynamic that coaches don't like dealing with. You know, when they have something they think is really going to help the team and it costs you know, 0.1% of the salary cap, they like being able to have that budget. And, and Cal, for whatever that's worth, has been very, very willing to spend on those types of things. Uh, Seth, I'm curious. Seth Payne joins us as he does each week. What, what is what is it about D'Amico that you that you would go with him with his not being a head coach over Sean Payton? What is it about D'Amico, the fit here that that puts him as your plan A over Payton? You know, I, honestly, I'm obviously very biased because I played with him. I didn't play with him for a long time. He was I was in my 10th year when he was in his rookie year, and I got injured. That was my final season in the NFL, and I got injured relatively early in the season. So I didn't spend a whole lot of time with him, except that in that time, I was incredibly impressed with him. He was one of the most impressive guys I'd ever seen come in as a rookie in terms of understanding the NFL and how to operate in the NFL. You know, it, it helped that he – he played at Alabama and was treated by Saban, uh, you know, like like basically a pro player. So he had all those leadership qualities very young in life. And then when I saw him get into coaching and, you know, I, I read things that people wrote about him and said about him. And this year especially because it's been his first year as a coordinator – uh, he's checking off a lot of boxes in terms of transferring that personality to the coaching profession. And one thing that um, or his second year as defense coordinator, excuse me. So I think that's, that's one thing that I think that um, like Nick Bosa taught, said, he's the best defensive coordinator he's ever had and that he has developed that along the way. I think that, the things people are saying about D'Amico jibe with what I, what I know about him as a person. And a lot of it lines up with, Hey, the things people said about Mike Tomlin as a young guy, or the things that said, people said about Mike Rabel. I'll go, you know, I'll go back to Jack Del Rio. Cause there's another guy who as a, as a linebacker who spent a couple of years in coaching before he became a head coach, he was tabbed kind of as having that kind of a personality. And Del Rio was a, you know, Del Rio had a good run as a coach before things tailed up. So I, that's, that's mostly my endorsement of him. And then when I watch the defense play, Yes, the San Francisco 49ers have a whole lot of talent, but it's not just as simple as having a lot of talent on the field. They run a very disciplined unit. I I can see it when they run their blitzes, um, the way their safeties operate especially. I can see that it's a high football IQ bunch and they're coached very well. And that goes back to the defensive coordinator. So it's, um, you know, I, I honestly, I have a lot of personal, uh, just I have personal experience with him where I've seen the type of guy he is. And I feel like this is a situation where that does transfer over to overall leadership qualities. 